Hey all, we're continuing the, on the theme of New Year's and travel. You guys remember travel, right? <laughs> Do we? times. Yeah. Man, but Lee, travel. Actually, oh, I, would, I miss it. Lee, Lee you kind of went on a trip, right? I did. I did, actually. You know, it's kind of funny because I don't ever really think of going back east to see my family as travel. Um, I think sometimes <laughs> it's obligation. Um, and my mom, I'm sorry if you're listening to this. Uh, but yes, I did recently travel and went to the East Coast. And I will be so happy when pandemic travel is over. <laughs> this is, was it as crazy as the last couple times you went? Uh, more masks, which is good, but packed flights. I mean, wow. especially, yeah, packed, packed flights. Um, and, you know, and just when you think the airlines can't cut back anymore, jeepers they do so, oh my goodness <laughs> i think kindergartners get bigger snacks than we oh, do right yeah. now. Oh, no. um but yeah you know, we're not in it for the snacks and stuff but um but overall i mean i definitely would say on behalf of the airlines um and the airports that i visited like sanitation is definitely you know very very much a big concern and they, they address it so cool well that's we're not exactly talking about that today um, we're going to talk about something different. We often talk about the amazing customs around the world, but today we're going to talking about breaking the custom, and the custom we're going to talk about breaking is New Year's resolutions. And all the years that you guys um, made New Year's resolutions, or if you heard of other people making, have you ever heard of it, of anyone making it past January? Uh, I did once. <laughs> Good for you. But then the pandemic screwed it over. So. Oh. <laughs> but I made it through mid-March. Nice. You know what? I stopped smoking, but I no. never smoked. Oh. oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone so loves a quitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think mine, I've always had like, I'm going to exercise more, but then I didn't exercise like I have to, you know, start slow. So, which I've learned now, I, I can't just be like, I'm going to exercise every single day. I have to like be like once a week and the next year will be like twice a week and I will slowly build myself up. But um, yeah, that exercise, I'm sure many people have experienced that one too. You'll, you go really hard, like the first week of January or something, and then you just get tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So based on that, we've just said screw New Year's, New Year's resolutions and losing weight. So here's our favorite desserts from around the world. And that isn't ramen packed in Emily's suitcase. Or some Ooh. dessert. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. In, if you looked at my suitcase, especially for international travel, we've talked about this. It's always ramen, at least one or two packs, because you never know what food you'll have like right when you land or anything like that or if I'm hungry right when I get to my hotel it's just something easy you could boil water but in addition to ramen I always have a little like Ziploc bag of candies and like just bite-sized things just eat um anyways we probably should mention that this is the meet us in Paris podcast (laughs) I don't know if we've done that yet. Hello. (laughs) And yes, the podcast, this podcast is about all things travel, be it destinations, food, having an amazing time, or what to pack on your next trip. I am Emily. And as you've already heard, we have Zen and Lee here too. (laughs) Okay. And before we get into our tales of gluttony, 
we have a short message from our sponsor. The events of 2020 have shaken the world and impacted our lives, but fearlessness is the mother of reinvention. Change your career, prepare for a promotion, start a new business with the University of California, Irvine Division of Continuing Education's fully online professional certificate programs. Available anywhere, anytime to fit your busy schedule. Find out more at ce.uci.edu. With adversity comes great strength. Find yours with us. Um, so desserts. Uh, the first dessert that I have. Have you been, uh, Lee, you've been to South America or haven't mm-hmm. been? Um, have you? Okay. Have you tried the Alpha Horus there? I'm going to be honest. I tried so much stuff that I just point to things and, and eat whatever's put in front of me. Oh yeah. I'd have to like unless somebody goes out of their way and says, Oh, this is a I don't know, then I'm like all about it. Okay. But tell us more. But Emily, you 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 haven't been to South America, right? No. Okay. I have not. So I will explain what well, I should explain it. It's a podcast, right? Um <laughs> we're talking about food. Alpha Horus are shortbread cookies. They are typically round. Um and that is, they are about um, two inches in diameter or so. Um, they roughly resemble like a blonde, uh, r- roughly the size of an Oreo with two layers. Um, oh, the- they were the things that look like vanilla wafers, right? Vanilla wafer. They look like vanilla wafers, but stuff inside of them? Yes. Gotcha. I'm with yes. you now. Yes. Okay. So, yes, they kind of look like vanilla wafers. And um, that's a great description, but it is like a shortbread cookie, but a little bit flakier than a short, like shortbread tends to be very, very hard. This tends to be a little bit flakier, so it's easy to break through. But what they stuff it with is something called dulce de leche. And if my Spanish is right, dulce is uh, sweet or sugar and leche is milk. So typically what you do is you take um, milk um, with sugar and you boil it down until it almost becomes like a caramel and then you take that stuff and you put it between the short two bread short bread cookies typically it can be dusted a little bit with powdered sugar i do believe i've had it on occasion with a little bit of coconut and um there you go that's your cookie they're delightful i don't know they typically eat them this way but they're delightful with coffee or tea or something like that for mm, i can see that so yeah. i mean it's just decadent you got shortbread cookies and caramel what what more could you ask for <laughs> oh, sounds delicious oh i should mention you can get them in uh i know for certain argentinians and chileans love these things um maybe other parts but those are the two areas that i had an opportunity to eat them cool do you know of any place locally in socal that you can get them yes but i would have to look them up um if you go around anywhere that sells empanadas, um, okay, typically anywhere that sells empanadas will have um, um, these alfajores or um, Chilean, Argentinian restaurants. Um, and then there's another. 
I'll, I'll think about it. Let, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll circle back. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. I will go next. Okay. So I actually thought this would be hard because I love desserts, but then I couldn't think of any one that stood out specifically. But Zen suggested just to like look back at my actual, my own culture, Vietnamese culture, and uh, see if there's any desserts there. And I like facepalmed because there's so many desserts that I eat so regularly that I just forgot that it was something different <laughs> that not everyone eats every single day. Um, so I'll start off with, I think most people, if they try Vietnamese dessert, this will probably be like one of the first things I'll try. And it's called chè, um, spelled C-H-E. So I actually Googled what jam meant because I don't actually know the definitions or <laughs> of any of the desserts. Um, but apparently jazz actually, it's a very general kind of umbrella term that is, you can t say like a soup, a sweet soup is jam or like a sweet beverage or a pudding or any other custardy dessert. Um, but what I typically, I guess, associate with jam is um, more of the pudding or a sweet soup. So there's a ton that you can shoot. They have so many different kinds, but I'll just talk about three because um, if you go to, if you're in SoCal and you go to the Westminster Garden Grove area, there's this shop, There's they have a several, um, called Ben Mijia Kali. And um, <laughs> Ben knows we, he's gone there, uh, but there's a lot of them. It basically, it's like a sandwich shop. Typically, that's where you buy the Ben Mi baguettes sandwiches, but they also have these desserts. Um, and the one that I go to, there's, like I said, there's a lot, but the one that I go to, it's like a standing kind of like you walk in, you pick up your stuff, you walk out. It's not like a sit down cafe. Um, and they have this whole array of Jia desserts. And you basically just point to each one that you want and they'll package it up for you. And they have a deal that's like one for like, three dollars and you get if you get three then you get if you buy two you get one free or something like that so we always get three every single time we go <laughs> so, I love uh, of course. Yeah. it's like it's so good um so the first one probably the most um notable or like the favorite the most popular i guess is called which means the dessert and then is white bean so it's like a white bean rice pudding thing and then you <laughs> you pour um, a couple scoops of coconut syrup on top and it's definitely I would say like an acquired uh not taste but texture because it's like it's like kind of like a rice pudding in a sense it is rice pudding not kind of it is rice pudding um so if I didn't know what rice pudding was, it, it kind of feels weird in your mouth, but there's beans in there and you just pour some coconut syrup on top. And it's pretty much how I eat that. I eat all the other ones with the coconut syrup on top too. So that white bean one is good. And then my second favorite is a corn one. Ooh, it's a I sweet think I know corn pudding. So this one, similar idea. It's a rice pudding but instead of the bean it's corn inside um 
also an acquired feeling because it kind of just tastes like slimy corn or it feels like slimy corn, but in a good way. (laughs) Um, And that's also with the coconut syrup on top. And then my third favorite is called which is actually a soup. It's not a pudding, but it's a soup. And this one has um, like little rice balls with filled with mung bean inside. And then it's, you got like two or three balls floating. Mochi like? It's, yeah, it's kind of like mochi. Mm -hmm. It's mochi like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So you get two of those three balls, two or three balls floating in like a ginger sauce. Um, And then they, I think they sprinkle like sesame seeds on top or something, but that one's fun too. Def, and you eat all of these warm or hot. Um, I mean, you can eat them cold, I guess, but it is not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. Uh, but those are the three that I get. And I think there's a fourth one. I know I've been talking a lot about this one dessert. <laughs> there's a fourth one um, that I think a lot of restaurants will sell um, as a dessert. And it's called Jia Mao, which is the three color Jia, which they serve in like a tall glass. And then you see different layers of like mm. beans or like the pandan oh, jelly yeah, yeah, yeah. and then shaved ice on top and you kind of mix it all together. Um, yeah, that's a favorite too. Lee, it's, it's funny for Vietnamese desserts. I'm like you, it's just like, uh, I just point. And it's like, yeah. I don't know what I'm eating. It's just give me that. And I have no idea how to pronounce it. So I'll just get that. Just give it to me. <laughs> Follow, watch the locals. Yes. Yep. Oh yeah. So those are, that's my first dessert. Lee, take it away. (laughs) Well, this is going to come as no surprise to folks, but I kind of like ice cream a lot. Um, And I could do, you know, I could talk for hours just about the, you know, how great the ice cream on the East Coast is, but I'm going to stick to something that I think everybody, regardless of where you are in this country or world can relate to. And that is two of my favorite men, Ben and Jerry. Um, and, ben, Jerry. <laughs> and so while it may not be as exotic as, you know, you know, other desserts, you know, from South America or Vietnam, what one of the things that really takes your ice cream pleasure to a whole new level is visiting the Ben and Jerry factory in Waterbury. Um, and I've done it actually twice. I did it while I was a student at the university of Vermont back in, the 90s um and i did it actually just a couple of years ago i was craving i was at home and asked my mom i said at home in new hampshire and i said to my mom on a weekend i'm like i'm in the mood for ice cream and it's in the middle of november and she's like well everything's closed and i said well we can go to ben and jerry's she's like in vermont and i said yeah sure, go. <laughs> uh, for those of you who may not understand the geography of that is about that's five hours of driving to and from um but super worth it because when you go to the factory, <laughs> it's not just the factory. They've got, of course, their infamous um, graveyard, their flavor yes. graveyard, where, oh, where yeah. the flavors that have been retired go. And there's actual gravestones so you can go and visit them and how long they were you know, around. They do tours and they do like a jet. Now, right now, everything's on hold because of COVID. Um, but they do general show up tours and, you know, on the hour where you can walk the floor and there's a little stop in their flavor lab, their visibly public flavor lab, where you can taste a sample of an ice cream. Um, and then they've got their scoop shop where you can go and order cones, cups, 
or one of my favorite, the Vermonsters, which is <laughs> ginormous. Um, it's, I believe, 27 different flavors of, or 27 scoops of ice cream. Um, it, I've ordered it before. Uh, I thought that we could really, really eat it all. Um, and we had four people. Oh, it's 20 scoops of ice cream now. It used to be 27. Oh, wow. um, but it's 20 scoops of ice cream, four sliced bananas, two cookies, two brownies, hot caramel, and all sorts of toppings, and then a lot of whipped cream. Now, there's also a mini Vermonster, and that that's a little bit more manageable. We ordered that. It comes in like a beach pail. Um, and that's just four scoops of ice cream. But let me just tell you, three adults, we barely dented it and actually brought it home. Um, that's the joy of driving in New England in November. It's still so cold that you can put it in <laughs> your car and it stays cold. Um, but yeah, it's just, if you like ice cream and you want to get a, a really interesting experience, the Ben & Jerry's factory in Waterbury, Vermont continues to just be a fun one for me. Cool. Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to compete with you on ice cream. How's that? Um, there, so your, your ice cream shops close in your area in, on the East coast during the yeah. winter. Oh yeah. it's too, I love ice cream and it's just too, cause they're, they're like, um, windows. So nobody's really driving out to get ice cream. Oh, oh okay. Huh? Yeah, yeah, they're like they're they're not. There's a couple of places that you can go inside to order ice cream. Yeah, they're not like um, shops. You just walk up to the window. Yeah, so. yeah. So it's also why lobster rolls are also kind of like a seasonal item. I was just talking about huh. one, but that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> yeah. So that's why when I go home in for the holidays, it's always just kind of a. I love my family, but they're my trad. You know, my my ritual of going to a different ice cream place every day is on hold, and I just have to you know settle for their company. Okay. which is delight, which is sweet and divine in its own way. Okay. Well, I I'm going to tell you about an Ohio tradition. So, um, when I was, when I was in college, I used to go to an ice cream shop and the ice cream shop was called graders. Now, uh, it's not, let me spell it. It's G R A E T E R S graders. Ice cream is actually from Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, but I discovered them in Columbus, Ohio. And, they have ice cream parlors where they actually have full shops and they have a seating area. Mm. Um, so it is actually an ice cream shop that is open all year long. And there's always people there for some, I mean, when I first discovered it's like ice cream during the winter, Yes, ice cream during the winter. So it's your traditional kind of ice cream parlor. You go in, you can get any of the types of uh, ice cream that you want, and you can sit in the middle of winter or during the summer, which is actually a little bit nicer with ice cream. But what's amazing about this company is that they've been around, um, they started in 1870. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they have a lot of shops in um, Columbus and they have a lot of them in Cincinnati. Um, I think there's some Kentucky, the general area, but the ice cream is just amazing. And if you have an opportunity, um, there's nothing like eating ice cream in an old ice cream parlor. The ones mm -hmm. in Cincinnati have been there for, some of them have been there at least for 50 years. Some of them are smaller, some of them are bigger and they're in location. Some of them like the newer ones are purpose made. 
the old ones are just like, oh, we found this space within this building and we're in this building. So they're all different shapes and sizes. So they're always worth going to. And they make their own ice cream. So um, and with so many different flavors, um, it's how do you brag about ice cream? So what I'm going to do is I will let you have uh, choose on your own because graders in the last few years have expanded into groceries stores um specialty grocery stores so in if you're in ohio you can actually probably pick you can pick it up from a place like kroger's um if you're on the west coast kroger's is actually ralph's i don't know if ralph's carries it but you can definitely find them in whole foods Mm. so um they kind of like ben and jerry's where they started out i think Ben and Jerry started out its ice cream shops and later on went into mm-hmm. the groceries. And um, they are doing something very similar. But also go visit their ice cream shops because, you know, you can see, you know, it's that I don't know how to explain what an old time ice cream shop is like. But, you know, it's just like lots of beautiful, you know, like seating and people. It's it's like, a you know what? The reason I like them is it's like a coffee shop for people who don't drink coffee. <laughs> well, and you know, I'm looking at their flavors, like Chunky Chunky Hippo that goes back to the Cincinnati Zoo and Boldly Bearcat. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm hungry right now. And I'm like, okay, how did they ship? And yes, they do ship. And so I'm very ship. excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give give that one a try. Mm-hmm. Um, should I, I, you know what? I'm going to pass and I'll come back. Or do you guys have, do you have more? Or I, I just did one each. Or do you I want me to talk about another one? Oh. I have more. I have oh. more. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Okay. But I want to ask before we move on, because Lee and Zen, you both talked about ice cream, which what's your like top if you can't choose one favorite, maybe like your top two or three favorite ice creams from Ben and Jerry's and from Graders? You know, I I, I Ben and Jerry there's so many things that I love. I think my latest favorite that if it shows up on my doorstep, I will eat the whole thing. Anything that shows up on my doorstep, I'll eat the whole thing. Um, <laughs> but um, their chocolate therapy, like I, I used to be a New York super fudge chunk person, but then they up the ante with chocolate therapy. But then, I mean, there's so many other ones that I like that are just kind of crazy and wackadoodle. Okay. Um, you know what? This is kind of the beauty of an ice cream parlor is that they – you know, they're not always making the exact same ones all the time. Mm-hmm. And I am a, uh, I like, I don't want to say they're edgy, but non-conventional things or not, mm-hmm. not that they're not conventional things, but like you can get vanilla or you can get chocolate all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the thing is, and I love vanilla and I love chocolate, but so, but when they do come out with a flavor um, that is not offered all year long, I like those, whatever those flavors are. So I guess what it is, is anytime they have a special, that's my new favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I, I completely yes. concur. Okay. And, and like, I was, I'm, you know what? Shoot. Uh, I'm going to, I'm just going to go on with my next one. Okay. Because this, this one is makes you'll understand. Okay. There's another shop called Strickland's. Okay, mm-hmm. Lee, you know about Strickland's. Oh yeah, well yeah, tier. Yep. Okay, not anymore. It's not in Southern California, but Strickland's mm-hmm. is actually not ice cream exactly. It is something called frozen custard. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference between ice cream and frozen custard is frozen custard 
is not whipped up as much. And um, because it is not whipped up as much, it has a creamier texture. I mean, it's generally the same ingredients, but it just doesn't have as much air in it. And um, Strickland's is actually from Akron, Ohio. Um, and um, and the thing is that it, it just has a different texture. It has a different flavor. Um, they make their, once again, it's a nice, these are like ice cream shops. Some of them are smaller, some of them are larger, but what's neat is they usually only make, I think it's like four flavors a day. And mm. yeah, so they only make four flavors a day. Um, if they have any leftover, which sometimes they don't, they'll actually pack it up. And then you can purchase yesterday's ice cream that was, for lack of better words, leftover ice cream to take home and put in your refrigerator or freezer. Um, but every day, it's this rotating board of ice creams, um, or not ice creams, frozen custards, and they're just amazing. And I can tell you my favorite one from Strickland's is every once in a while, they will have a bacon ice cream. <laughs> wow. Have you had that, Lee? Is it just straight up bacon or is it like maple bacon? Or it's like, like a that? maple bacon. It's something okay. like a maple bacon. <laughs> gotcha. I've, I've made it before. I haven't oh. had it commercially, but I've made it. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So the, you get the ice cream there and um, it actually has bacon bits in the ice cream itself. Um, and you know what? I they, I've seen their ice cream machines and my understanding is they had their I understand they have their own proprietary ice cream machines. Their ice cream machines only look like, I mean, they cannot be making batches any larger than like two to three gallons at a time. I mean, they're really small batch ice cream shop. I mean, they really make their ice cream super small batches. So give it a try. Yes. Oh, and once again, that's another one. They've been around since, um, Wow, I mean, w once again, nineteen thirty-six as I read, nineteen thirty-six. So you know they've been around for ninety years, so they kind of have a um, they have a thing, <laughs> they have a following. So I like it. Okay, uh, pass. <laughs> pass is that? Well, I got one that yeah. is kind of timely. And this okay. is another one from my years of living in Louisiana. Um, I miss king cake. Um, and for those huh. of you who don't know, king cake is, it, it comes out, it's a seasonal type of thing. Um, and it's related to Epiphany or the 12th night, when, 12th night when the three wise men or the three kings, you know, brought gifts to baby Jesus. And it's kind of like, it kicks off the Mardi Gras season. Most people think that Mardi Gras is just Fat Tuesday, but there's a season that leads up to it. And in addition to parades and crews and all of that and balls, uh, king cake, fills all of the grocery stores, the bakeries and everything. Now your traditional king cake is usually got a, a king cake itself looks kind of like a, a large round, maybe like a, um, a Danish, if you made it a Danish with a bunt cake. Okay. Um, <laughs> Because, yeah. you know, mating that stuff. Yes. Um, and it's got, you know, the purple and the gold and the green kind of glittery stuff on top of it. And then it's got a filling. And the most popular fillings are usually like cinnamon or 
like a, a vanilla kind of cream, che- vanilla custard or a cream cheese. But then you go and you get like when you get into the stores and the mass production, you can get strawberry, pineapple, just about anything. Now, what not only is it a delicious cake um, that you can eat, but there's also at least one thing hidden inside it. And that is a little plastic baby. Now, the baby yeah. hidden in the cake. Yeah. It's like, okay, wait a second. Now, some people think if you get the baby, you're going to have a baby. No, that's not the case. The baby um, symbolizes Jesus because, once again, this is you know 12th night, the kings. And it symbolizes luck and prosperity to whoever gets it in their slice of cake. And, you know, with luck, um, responsibility, that means that you got to buy next year's cake or host the next uh, Mardi Gras party. Um, but yeah, I miss king cake. In my first year when I moved out here to Southern California, I had one shipped. And while it tasted fantastic, it didn't look so pretty because they didn't, they didn't care it. (laughs) They didn't bring it with care. (laughs) So I just had to like scrape the frosting off the top of the box, but oh, it just felt so good to eat. So that's my, my travel inspired thing is for anybody who gets the chance, if you can find a king cake, get it. You will not be disappointed. But you can't get the baby in it anymore. Really? They stopped putting the baby in it? It's illegal. Well, it's illegal to put the baby in because it's Is a it choking really? hazard. Huh. Oh, my gosh. That's why we can't have good things. Oh. I, mean, I know. Them- I- yeah. yeah. So, wow. no, it's it's completely weird. I mean, I just remember it being, a, I mean, I'm sure there's a. I'm sure someone's illegally putting them in there. But the thing is that like when you go to a bakery, they're not supposed to put the big baby in. And like, I feel like it was like about 10 to 15 years ago. There was, I mean, there was like huge article, all of these articles about you can't put the baby into the king cake. You can't put the baby into the king cake. I remember, Yeah. I remember seeing a few years ago about like the nudity of the baby. And I'm like, you've got to be freaking, it's a plastic baby. It's, you know, it has no, genitalia Um, but i didn't realize that it successfully wow well they look like a little cupid doll kind of thing too yeah one type thing yeah so Mm -hmm. and it wasn't just babies i mean so you know babies were one and sometimes your king cake um depending on the bakery you got it from would have other things so like a horseshoe and maybe like a heart or things like that but you could almost always count on the baby to be you know the, the thing that you were looking for wow yeah, so I mean, someone needs to come up and figure out how to make like a candy baby or something like that. That doesn't melt, yeah. Or yeah. you, you know what I mean? Let, or you just don't let the kids eat it. Well, For grown-ups only. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go have your yeah. ice cream. <laughs> Or that's one, you know what? I could totally see my dad being like this. I need to test this for you. Yeah. Because he always, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I got to test this piece. So yeah, I could see him being like, oh, I don't need, you know, I'm going to eat all of the kids. I see. Yeah, totally. All right. Fascinating. So this might, <laughs> all right, Emily, take us out of nude, nude little babies. <laughs> all right. So staying in Vietnam, all of my desserts are going to be Vietnamese. But this one uh, is also like a Vietnamese Chinese dessert, I think. Um, so you, this is silken tofu in ginger syrup, and you can get this at dim sum places, I'm pretty sure. Um, but it is what it sounds like. It's silken tofu sitting in ginger syrup. Um, it's really, I mean, there's not much to it. It's literally that. You have it hot or warm. 
Um, it's a dessert, so you have it at the end of your meal. But if you get the chance to go to Vietnam and eat like the quote unquote authentic version, uh, my mom tells me these stories all the time when she was a girl living in Vietnam and she'd see like these older ladies carrying, um, I don't know what they're called, but it's basically uh, they're carrying two baskets um, hanging off of like a, a bar that they're balancing, carrying on their the back of their shoulders. Do you know what I mean? Um, so one, like one basket in the front would have like the tofu and the syrup and then, and the spoon, like utensils, the bowl, the spoon. So that would be like the front of her shop. And then the back is the quote unquote, like dishwashing station. So it's just like a hot water and like a rag or something like that. So she would just go from block to block, not not just one person, many people <laughs> would go from block to block, um, serving this right out of their baskets. And she was just, they would only have like a handful of spoons and bowls. So you're just reusing hot water, just washing hot water, use it with the next person. I don't know if that's still happening today, especially with the pandemic. Um, but that is kind of like the traditional way of eating it. Of course, you can buy it in the supermarket today. Um, that's where we get ours, just at the Asian supermarket. They're already pre-packaged and just scoop out the tofu um, and eat it. But it's a super basic dessert, but very yummy. Mm. So is there a sauce on it? So it's not, it's kind of a sauce in that you, okay. So I'm trying to picture, I just had some two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> so we there When you buy it from the supermarket, at least, um, at least the place I buy it from, it comes, the tofu comes in a tall, maybe like quart. Um, you get like a quart of just, just silken tofu and it's sitting in like tofu juice which sounds mm-hmm. gross, but you know what I mean. Um, and then you basically scoop however much tofu you want from the top. And I've heard that um, the not the key, but the, what you want is the fuller the pieces, the more luck it brings, right? So you don't want right. to break the pieces up um, if you can help it. And then it kind of just sits in its tofu juice and then you scoop and it comes. And then so apart from the court, you get a little sauce container and that's the ginger syrup and you just scoop that however sweet you want it i usually do like three Mm. scoops so this i mean and and is the the, there's a chinese one just like this again i was gonna mention it too Mm -hmm. but the so it's it's a very silken tofu that you're talking about Mm -hmm. so sometimes you get tofus and they're like really dense this stuff is very very smooth and silky also there's almost there's no air bubbles. In right. These. Okay. So yeah, it's almost like a pudding. And then, um, and same thing with Chinese is that and Chinese and Vietnam are mm-hmm. China and Vietnam are very close together and they have a lot of common customs. And yeah, the same thing is like, you want bigger pieces. So you're trying to scoop it in such a way you get these large slivers of the, of it. Yeah. Sounds like the exact same thing I was going to mention. So yeah, is it the same? Is it the same like dish title name? It, I don't know. Ours is literally just called in Vietnamese. The direct translation is tofu syrup, <laughs> like I tofu and like sugar syrup. You know, I only know that does English writing is dohua, which is okay. D O U H U A. Yeah. 
and um it's a, it's in the it's like a ginger or brown sugar kind mm-hmm. of syrup the syrup is clear but it has a slight tint in color yes yeah um, yeah we're talking about the same thing we're talking about the same thing <laughs> you can cool. often, you can often get those at um dim sum places yes yeah i was saying i think i i've had it once or twice at dim sum places mm-hmm. yeah so yeah excellent Oh, that means I had to go back to to me again. And um, do do they have uh, do Vietnamese do steamed red bean buns? Steamed red bean buns? No. Okay. I don't think so. <laughs> so this is a Chinese thing, maybe a yeah. Japanese thing as well. But um, there is something called a. Red bean bun. Look it up. You can probably make these at home. Um, you had to order some things off of uh, the internet. Um, Chinese and from when I've seen Vietnamese, Filipino, um, there's a lot of things when it, it comes to dessert. What they do is they take beans, they mash them kind of like refried beans without the fat, and they add sugar to it. So it becomes a sweet paste. Um, the Chinese have a red bean. Um, they're actually, I don't know what the name is in English, but they are very small pea-like sizes. You boil them, you add sugar to them, um, and they are brown slash red in color. Um, and the, it, is, it has a very savory, sweet flavor to them, and it's very nice when it's warm. They take You take something about like a golf ball size of this, um, this mm-hmm. bean paste, roll it up. And then what you do is you um, envelop it in a small, um, in a little bit of dough. Okay. Um, and then with this dough ball, which has the, whatchamacallit on the inside. The beans. Um, the bean beans. <laughs> yeah, bean paste. You steam it. And then the, the bread will rise. Now, um, I've seen them, I can't remember um, when I was a kid, like, I feel like some of the Chinese families I knew took either something like a, it wasn't croissant rolls, hmm. something, they, they, some, some Chinese families that we knew found something that was very similar, almost like a, like a biscuit that you can buy, like in those little rolls at the grocery mm-hmm. store. So they found out that they found one of those types of breads. That you can, and maybe it was just like a French bread. They would cut it out, roll it out, cut out a little piece of that, wrap, and then you steam it. And when you steam flour, it doesn't turn brown like we have, um, and it doesn't. It it becomes it it rises, but it doesn't have those large holes. It almost becomes like a. I don't know how to describe it. Um. Anyways, it's a steamed bun with. A sweet steamed bun and that's served warm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I actually know exactly what you're talking about. We don't have it in. I don't think we have it in Vietnamese. I've had it. and I think it's been like a Chinese thing that I've right. had. But what I actually had on my list too <laughs> is something very similar. But instead of red bean, it's um. Oh my gosh, what is it? It's mung bean. Yeah, it's mung bean. Yep. Inside. Yep. Yes. So, and then ours isn't steamed, it's fried. And its direct translation is like an orange 
pastry kind of. It, they call it orange because when you fry the dough, it becomes orange. There's no orange relation whatsoever other than the color. Um, but it's called ban gam. So they have different variations of it. There's like the bite-sized ones. Um, I think that you were kind of talking about with the red bean. It's like kind of like yeah. donut hole size. Um, yeah. yeah. And so with those, they're covered in sesame seeds and then you just pop them in your mouth. It's exactly the same thing that Zen just explained, except it's mung bean and it's fried instead of steamed. But my favorite variation of this is I actually don't have it that often and I'm not sure where you can buy it other than maybe just like a bakery, a random bakery or something like that. My mom always just brings them home, so I'm not sure where she gets them. But it's a larger, instead of a donut hole size, imagine a full regular size like American donut without the hole inside inside. So it's a full, fully encapsulated bun. Same idea with the mung bean paste inside, still deep fried with the sesame on top, but the sugar on top is literally glazed sugar that's like hardened on top. Mm. So um, I can't, I don't know how they do it, but it's basically, you know how like American glazed donuts, it's, it's a soft glaze, but these, um, specific Vietnamese donuts, I guess it's a hard glaze. So when you bite into it, it actually like crackles. Um, and actually like, it's like a sugar, it's a hard sugar glaze. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's delicious. So good. Also, you need to eat it fresh because if you leave it too long, it gets hard and it gets too chewy. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Do we have more? Or <laughs> I've wow. got one more local, okay. local one, local-ish one, um, and that, and I guess it's because it's all things back east. Um, cannoli. Now, cannoli no. is not an east coast thing. I mean, it's we got it from the Sicilians, and for those who don't know, if you've been, I don't know, living a sheltered life, um, it's a crisp outer shell that usually has like creamy cheese, like a, you know, a rec- blend of ricotta and stuff like that. Um, that you can get at pretty much any like Italian bakery or a lot of bakeries. And it actually came, um, they, they say that there was like an, an Arab influence in the, like the cuisine as it was developed. Oh. Now, cannolis are great and wherever you get them, yum. But if you really want the best ones, you need to go to Mike's Pastry in the north end of Boston. Um, and it is amazing. They've got nearly 30 different kinds of cannoli. I mean, you've got your traditional kind of, you know, plain cannoli or chocolate chip. But then they've got these crazy whacked out flavors, you know, peanut butter, um, amaretto. And then they even had one back on August 16th for National Rum Day. They partnered with the Black Seal Rum Company. It basically had this special kit that you could get um, for $50 where you could make your own like black seal rum cannoli. It was a cannoli shell that was like covered in deep chocolate. And then you kind of squeeze the stuffing in and then there were hints. Then the the stuffing, the filling also was infused with Bermuda black rum. Um, And it was like, imagine like a dark and stormy cocktail, but in a cannoli shell. Um, and they $50 for them and they sold out, um, go figure. It was a limited time edition sort of thing, but 
have no fear. You can still buy Mike's cannoli or you can get their cannoli packages where you can make your own cannoli at home, but the flavors are a little bit more limited. You can only get plain ricotta cheese or their chocolate ricotta cheese ones for $50. Wow. And they'll ship them. They'll ship the cannoli kits to you um, anywhere in the country. And being a guy, I had to make this reference, is um, leave the guns, take the cannoli. <laughs> so true. So you, true. Are you familiar, Emily? You know what that is? No, but I just wanted to be part of the laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's from The Godfather. The Godfather, yeah, oh, it's a classic yes. Godfather. Yeah. yeah. So, so the thing is, after they do a killing, they they go look in the car, and the thing is, like they 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 dump the guns, but they take the people they just killed. They take their cannoli. <laughs> <laughs> which if it was for mike's cannoli absolutely i mean i i'm not prone to violence but i i, I would you know i might wrestle a box of mike cannoli mike's cannoli mike's pastry cannoli out of a dead person's hands you, um, you might do a hit you might do a hit i may not do a hit but if somebody's already killed the person you know you don't want to let mike's pastry go to wait now and they're not just cannoli you know just to be fair if you're not you know let's say you're lactose intolerant you know, everybody needs love. They have biscotti. They have amazing macaroons and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you go there for the cannoli. Yeah. All right. So. Wow. <laughs> we covered so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's so many other desserts that we could talk about. Um, but any last honorable mentions that we want to talk about? Maybe we do another yeah. one. <laughs> okay sounds good sounds good save your honorable mentions for the next time uh okay well thank you so much for tuning into our dessert podcast what did you guys think did you have any i mean we're if we're gonna do another episode but if you have any recommendations of your favorite desserts let us know you can find us on our social media channels where you can also see photos of our adventures from around the world interesting articles and more yeah. And so if you're newer to our podcast, we don't just talk about these types of things. You can check out some of our destination postings. So our older podcasts on Cuba, Taiwan, Russia, and lots of other fun places. Miosun Paris is a University of California, Irvine, Division of Continuing Education Production. If you need a career boost, looking to increase your workplace knowledge or seeking a new profession, check them out at ce.uci.edu for the professional courses. Thanks again for tuning in, and we look forward to talking to you next time. Bye. 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 (laughs) Bye.